0: Our scripture this morning is going to come from 1st Samuel chapter 16 and you can find that on page 226 of your pew bible and before we read it let's go to the lord in prayer lord we thank you for this day thank you lord for your word and for the richness that is found within it we thank you lord for the men and women whose lives are represented there. Um, Thank you for giving us the opportunity to learn from the lives of other human beings just like us. Thank you for the example that they set. Thank you most of all for Jesus. And so Father, we pray this morning that you would bless our time together in your word, that we would come away from it Challenged and changed to see things your way. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So first Samuel chapter 16, starting at verse one. The Lord said to Samuel, "How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. He said peaceably I come I have come to sacrifice to the Lord sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited him to the sacrifice When they came he looked on Eliab and said surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord But the Lord said to Samuel do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as a mortal see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. And this is the word of the Lord. Verse 12 at the end says, the Lord said, rise and anoint him for this is the one the one When we go to purchase a new vehicle and have found the one with all the bells and whistles to meet our needs or desires, we say, this is the one, I'll take it. When we're looking for a new place to live and we find the one that has the right number of bedrooms and bathrooms to accommodate everyone and will provide us with the space and location that we need, we say, this is the one. Or better yet, when we are looking for the one who makes our soul sing and with whom we desire to spend the rest of our lives, we say he or she is the one. So we are familiar with the concept of the one, the one that stands out above all others, the one no one or nothing else compares to, the one that has that special something. The one. And we see in scripture that God also has the one. The one for God changes depending upon the time and the task. Noah was the one. He was the one who built the ark and saved creation during the flood. Moses during his lifetime was the one he would lead Israel out of bondage in Egypt to the promised land. Abraham was the one and he would become the father of many nations. Joshua was the one and would succeed Moses and lead Israel into the promised land. Ruth was the one originally from an enemy nation. She winds up in the lineage lineage of Jesus Christ. And David Rahab was the one through her bravery she would hide the spies who Joshua had sent to spy out the land and as a result she would end up saving her entire family and Mary was the one she would give birth to the Savior of the world Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit So we see that there are instances throughout the Bible when God chose specific people to do extraordinary things. Sometimes these people operated on the national stage and sometimes they were the one in their own little part of the world, yet they made an impact. So to call someone the one is a significant statement. Likewise, when it comes to choosing the one, God always knows exactly who he has in mind and who he needs in order to accomplish his purposes. Such is the case with David. God was looking for a leader. Saul, the previous king of Israel, had shown himself to be exactly what God knew he was all along. And I say previous because even though he was still reigning and king as king, the spirit had departed from him. So now God would choose his own leader, a man after his own heart. So when God sent Samuel to anoint David, he had already chosen him. He just needed Samuel to make it official. I have to say, I love that God tells Samuel how to anoint David on the sly, on the down low so that Saul wouldn't become suspicious. So under the guise of going to make a sacrifice, Samuel travels to Bethlehem to anoint the new king. When Samuel began the process of discerning who God wanted him to anoint, initially, just like us, he let his eyes do the choosing. The first of Jesse's sons that he saw, Eliab, impressed him right off the bat. He had the look. As we would say, he was tall, dark, and handsome. Amen. (laughs) But God quickly informed Samuel that he wasn't the one. But why not? He was the oldest and certainly looked the part. In fact, he looked uh, somewhat like Saul did. You know, they said that Saul was uh, head and shoulders above everyone else. Certainly, Samuel still had Saul in his mind. At the very beginning of the chapter, he was still mourning for him. So, when he saw Eliab, he was sure that he was the one whom God had chosen. But you see, there was a problem because God wasn't primarily concerned with Eliab's appearance, he was more concerned with his heart. Why, you might ask? You see, the Hebrews thought of the whole human being when they used the heart, not just the organ. It was the center for the personality, the intellect, the will, and the character. It was the core of the person. So when God was looking for a king, he wanted to know what they were like on the inside and if we're really honest, that's what we're looking for when we're looking for the one. That's what we want to know. Who are they on the inside? Who are they at their core? And who David was at his core was a man who wanted to do the will of God. He was a man who wanted to please God. He was a kind of person that had a personality that would draw people to him. People would want to follow where David led. He was an intelligent person and a young man of good character. But we must understand something. And that is that being all of the things that David was... Did not make him a perfect man any more than it makes us perfect men and women. He was human with all the the fallibility that comes along with that, and yet he was still the one. He was God's chosen king. And so Samuel went through seven of Jesse's sons, and he still hadn't found the one. And that should tell us something. Everybody isn't the one. And trust me, anybody who's been on a date knows that everybody is not the one. Lots of people may look the part and talk the right game, but they aren't the one. The same is the case here. That doesn't mean that there is something inherently wrong with David's brothers, but for the role that this person would need to fulfill in the history of Israel, God needed and wanted a very specific type of person. And he found that in David. David, the youngest of Jesse's sons, was described as ruddy, which means red. And he had beautiful eyes and was handsome. So David was a good-looking young man, but he had more going for him than good looks. He had the right kind of heart, the right kind of stuff on the inside. And that's what made David stand out. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man whose desire was to do the will of God. Or as we would say, his heart was in the right place. Immediately, the Lord told Samuel, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. God has continued to identify and use the one throughout history. And the one that we remember and celebrate this weekend is the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was chosen to fulfill a very important role in the history of this nation. He had a heart that was passionate for working to ensure that equality was a right that would be enjoyed by all and because of that we remember him today. One writer states that Martin Luther King Jr.'s life had a seismic impact that means it was like an earthquake on race relations in the United States. Years after his death he is the most widely known African-American leader of his era and I have no doubt that I would not be standing in this church today were it not for the work of the Reverend Dr. Martin the King Jr. and the many people who walked alongside of him. If there is a message today for all of us in the lives of David and Martin, it is to be the one. When God is looking for someone whom he can trust to fulfill a particular role, be that person. Be that person whose heart is fixed on doing the will of God. But there's something that you need to remember about being the one it takes courage. Think about some of the people that I mentioned at the outset. They were ordinary people just like you and me. And we tend to forget that because they are memorialized in Scripture. But they were ordinary people. Moses, for example, was scared to death when God called him to lead the Israelites to freedom. He felt incapable and unworthy and tried his best to get out of it. But God knew that this reluctant leader had what it took inside of him. Rahab was the one. And she was a prostitute. Don't miss that. She was a prostitute. And yet she risked her own life and hid the spies. And as a result, wound up in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Take a moment and turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. You can find it on page 783 of your Pew Bible. And it's just a short verse. And so Matthew chapter 1 is laying out the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And at verse 5 it says, And Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. There she is, plain as day, Rahab, in the lineage of Jesus. One decision, and she is memorialized in scripture. It literally changed her life. Something else we need to remember is that being the one does not make us immune to sin. Look at David himself. The, second chapter, the 11th chapter of 2 Samuel tells the story of how David slept with Bathsheba while her husband Uriah was away, and she became pregnant with David's child. He then set Uriah up to be killed so that he could cover up his sin. David, the one, the man after God's own heart, committed adultery and then committed murder to cover it up. Do you think that was a surprise to God when he chose him? And yet he was still the one. The same writer that praised Martin Luther King Jr. also says that he was flawed Fallible and limited in his control over the mass movements with which he was associated. Yet a visionary leader who was deeply committed to achieving social justice through nonviolent means. The list could go on and on. God used and still uses flawed and imperfect people. Amen to that. But what distinguishes these people from the rest is that they have something within them that pleased God despite their fallacies. I have one last thing to say on that. Please understand that being the one is not without sacrifice and not without haters. The scripture says that Samuel anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And I'm just going to tell you out front, this is not in the Bible. But I'm going to say this, based on human nature. I know at least one of those brothers said to himself, David? He's going to choose David over me? Really? And I want to tell you that. Everyone might not recognize what is in you. But it really doesn't matter as long as God does. So the message for us today in 2014 is for us to be that person who has the courage to stand and go where others won't. You may not be called to represent God on a national or international platform but represent him wherever he gives you the opportunity. Recognize that it takes courage to be the one. Recognize also that being the one does not mean that you have achieved some level of perfection that others have not but be the person whom God can use and make it the goal of your life to be the one. Amen.